Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guests, the strong and powerful Richard Richard Haddon and Bill Catlin. Gentlemen, are you ready to do this? We Let's are. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Bill and Richard are speakers, consultants, coaches. They are the authors of the popular Contented Cows Leadership Series, and they are the founders of Contented Cow Partners. I'm excited to have you on. Gentlemen, tell us a little bit about your personal lives, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Bill, go ahead. This is Bill. Um, I, <laughs> I've been accused of not having a personal life because I, I love what I do. Uh, I love what Richard and I do, but... Uh, when I'm not actually doing it, uh, there's a couple things that, that I try to spend time with. One is I've got a serious addiction to fly fishing, so I like to, to feed that. And two, uh, I, as my cause for giving something back, I'm on the board of the National Foundation for Transplants, and we support organ transplant patients nationwide. Nice. Uh, pretty well covers it. Great. Well, I live in Jack. This is Richard. I live in Jacksonville, Florida, with my uh, wife and uh, grown son, and my uh, grown daughter uh, lives away from home. And uh, my my wife, who's much smarter than I am, has a full time career, uh, which she's now pursuing from uh, her office here in the house. And um, gosh, in addition to my work, which is uh, was before COVID, was a lot of speaking and and training and uh, and flying around. And so forth. Uh, but I'm also very uh, involved in the arts and music and theater, uh, especially here in the local community. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So we are having this conversation on April the 27th. And obviously, nobody is, well, very few people are flying around and, and working with organizations with boots on the ground. So just wanted to get your takes on where the workplace is really going. <laughs> And that's a good question too, uh, because I'm not sure there's there's any sage answers. But uh, we try to stay pretty well connected with the, with the workplace or workspace, as we might refer to it today, uh, and, and also look at it in terms of how it's being impacted by the by the virus, which is obviously a, in a significant way. Um, you know, something that that I was reading recently is. Uh, Deloitte recently did a report entitled The, the Future of Work, uh, which I think pertains exactly to what you're asking. And it details some of their hunches about the who, the what, and the, and the where of work. And we don't ordinarily shill for our competitors, but in this case, the the work is, is, is pretty darn good. Uh, it's got some useful stuff in it, and uh, I believe we've, we've sent you the, the link to it, George, so that yeah. if any of the listeners want it, you can, you can share it with them. Uh, 
Um, what just just kind of cruising through it at about thirty five thousand feet. What, one of the inescapable conclusions is echoed by Tom Friedman in the report is that work is being disconnected from jobs. Jobs and work are being disconnected from companies, which in turn, in his words, are increasingly becoming platforms. So the so work is being parceled out to a bunch of disparate players, whoever and wherever they are, uh, regular employees, contractors, gig workers, you name it. And, and those folks have different levels of attachment to the, to the organization. Uh, and this phenomenon knows very few, if, if any, boundaries. And in fact, many years ago, British management scholar Charles Handley said that, and this has been, I don't know, 12, 15 years, he said that, that corporations need to stop referring to themselves as employers and instead as organizers of work. Organizers of work. And that is exactly what's happening. And as with, with so many other things, Mr. Handley was spot on. And I guess it's appropriate to use the word handy. And you're perhaps wondering, so what? I'll tell you what, if, if, if you're a manager who's responsible for getting stuff done and out the door with any degree of reliability and efficiency, your job just got a heck of a lot different mm-hmm. and harder in some respects. No doubt. And I mean, gone are the gone are the days when, when, when you could look around the room at 8 a.m. and count noses. Yeah, all nine of them are here. Here's our work for the day, folks. Get after it. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and, and Bill, you and I have talked about you and I have talked about uh, the the impact of gig workers, which has been around for a number of years, but it's becoming more and more relevant. I think all the time. And Robin Chase, who is uh, the co-founder of Zipcar, the kind of rent by the hour car rental uh, company. She had a really interesting observation. She, she noted, she said, you know, my father had one job in his lifetime. I will have six jobs in my lifetime and my kids will have six jobs at the same time. And, and it's absolutely true. I, I've got one of those kids who has uh, about six jobs at the same time. And it's because he has intentionally opted out of the traditional workforce and he is in a large, large group of a lot of people who have done that. And you know, that, that just puts even a greater squeeze on the, on the labor supplies that we've always looked at. There's just a lot of people who have taken themselves voluntarily out of that regular labor pool to kind of do their own thing. And not all of them are succeeding, but a lot of them are. And the ironic thing is, it's those who are succeeding at doing their own thing who are probably the ones that we'd rather have working for us because those are the ones who, who have the drive, they have the creativity, the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, all of those things, and they're applying that to their own endeavor. And traditional employers have got to look at, at that and say, you know, what is it that's attractive to, to gig workers or, or contract workers or so forth um, that, that we could maybe provide and, and maybe traditional employers can't provide everything that's attractive to those gig workers, but, but we do have to compete for talent in a world where that model exists and where it's very attractive. So, uh, we, we tell leaders, you know, you have got to ask yourself, what is it that it appeals that I could, that I could perhaps replicate? And I would suggest it has a lot of things to do with things like autonomy and freedom and creativity. Um, I, I was talking with a CEO who said to me, yeah, but we offer so much more stability and security and things like that. And I'm thinking, 
Yeah, right. A lot of people are looking at what's happening now in the midst of COVID-19 and seeing that that stability and security was a lot more fragile than we thought. And some of them are probably saying right now, no, thank you. When all this is over, I'm going to take my chances on my own endeavor. No, that's that's a lot of really good stuff right there from 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 you gentlemen. Um, that's so a lot of entities should start referring to themselves as organizers of work. Bill, you you you, you mentioned that. Um, I'm going to try to weave this together. What, what, what sort of popped into my mind was so many of us find meaning through our work, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to find it from a, from from an entity. And Richard, what you were talking about is, yeah. you know, somebody who is successful at, at, at managing their 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 own multiple different revenue streams. Those are, in fact, the 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 people that any organization would want versus somebody who just goes to the work at the post office for thirty years and collects a check and sort of phones it in. No, no offense to postal workers out there. Um, so, yeah. do, do do you guys know what I'm sort of getting at? And I, I suppose that's what you're talking about, where it's maybe incumbent on leaders to be able to to scratch that itch that people want for meaning. Yeah, I, I think that both people and organizations are, are really having to come to grips with what do we want to be when we grow up? Hmm. What, what is our business model going to be? Uh, and if, if we're going to be an organization that, that is able to attract and retain the kind of people that, that we need, we've got to be putting everything where our mouth has been for a long time with respect to the employment relationship. Uh, and I was thinking about this a couple hours ago when I was reading uh, an announcement by Chick-fil-A, uh, Georgia-based. I mean, everybody in the world <laughs> they have heard of Chick-fil-A sure. and, their, and their chicken sandwiches. And, and they were announcing that, that you know what, I, we realize that the state of Georgia is, quote-unquote, opening up. Um, but when it comes to reopening our stores, we're going to do it on our timetable. And we're not going to do it until and unless, you know, we're confident that our workers are going to be safe and our customers are going to be safe and, and nothing's going to push that schedule. And, and, and they've, they've succeeded in large part, I, I might add, over the years by, by having that sort of environment. People know it. it not just anybody can, can get and keep a job at, at Chick-fil-A. Uh, they're, they're, they're demanding, but they, they have every reason to be, and, and, and they treat people well. I mean, they, 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 Lord knows they work you hard, um, but you know that going in. Well, and I think that says a lot about, uh, you know, Bill and I are not saying that, that the traditional work model, traditional employer model is, is completely finished. Uh, we're just saying that it, it's morphing, it's changing, it's probably changing at a faster rate now than it was even a few years ago. But there's still plenty of people out there who are managers, you know, there's somebody's boss. I, but when I speak to an audience, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say to them, you know, raise your hand if someone calls you boss, uh, you know, realizing they may also call you something else. But generally, <laughs> you know, a large, a large proportion of the of the audience raises their hand. So there's still a lot of people out there who are managers, who are leaders, who are somebody's boss in a what looks like a perhaps a more traditional sense. But the thing is, right now, I think if you are a manager, your leadership skills are being scrutinized and evaluated right now more than ever before and and whether that's at the corporate level as bill was talking about at chick-fil-a you know they're they're making some decisions we're going to look out for our people for our customers and 
we're going to do things on our timeline. And I think employees are really looking at their leaders right now, and they're watching to see how they handle what's going on right now. And and pandemic or not, um, you know, you, you've got people working for you who, you know, they're working from home or somewhere else. They probably don't have shoes on. They probably don't have pants on it, you know, today. But um, some of them may be contractors. Some of them, some of them maybe you've never even laid eyes on, or maybe it's their first day. Maybe it's their only day with your merry band, but they're still producing um, value for you and your customers. And, you know, your customers, I don't think, really care what the tax status relationship is between the company and the person who's serving them. They're looking for, for value, and you're the leader who leads that. You're it. You're responsible. And this is what you've got to work with. Yeah. You know, speaking of, speaking of bands and, and not having pants on, I, I thought of this on, on Saturday the 18th of this month when, when I was watching the uh, COVID benefit concert, in which the, among lots of other artists, the, the Rolling Stones, uh, the band members, each in their own location, probably their, their homes, performed the song, You Can't Always Get What You Want, which is a song they've easily performed a thousand, what, maybe 10,000 times. And I watched them from Memphis where we were having a terrible thunderstorm. And so the direct TV signal wasn't too good, but uh, as best I can tell, despite the fact that they can probably do that song backwards, owing to the lack of proximity, only one band member, Mick Jagger was actively singing and playing. I mean, thank goodness Charlie Watson's doing a fantastic job of, of playing the, the air drums. But that says that that's kind of what we're doing these days because if if we're managers, I'm betting that in a lot of cases our folks are, are scattered to, to wherever and in a lot of respects we're still trying to get, you know, work done, make sure people have what they need and be productive. And oh by the way, that's not gonna go away, you know, whenever, if ever this this virus gets fixed. And that's a that that's a that's another thing that, that's really impacting the workspace. Yeah. That's it. It's an incredible opportunity and an incredible challenge all, all, all at the same time. So, yeah, I think that that's great stuff. So are, are there really specific things that you can say, here's what people need to be doing? Uh, yeah, I think there are. And, and I think the first, the first one has to do with, with communication skills, especially today. Communication has been, has been uh, not muted, but, but it's been, uh, I guess quietened a little, a little bit by the fact that we're not actually communicating with each other in in the same room, and uh, we've got to really uh, give some special attention to the communication that we might have when we're working with a remote workforce. And, and you know, before this happened, people were still working remotely or working out of town. You know, a lot of people report to someone who lives in a whole different state than they do. But I think this causes us to really focus on our communication skills. We've got to learn that, you know, we're pretty good at the output part of communication, but we've got to get a lot better at the input part and listening, really listening uh, to what people are saying, uh, not just waiting to talk. Um, and so, uh, you know, just one very specific thing that, that I think managers can do uh, that will do a couple of things. Number one, it'll show that they care about, the person they're communicating with. And that is just to learn and to use a person's specific communication preferences. Right now, there's a lot of ways we can communicate, whether it's by phone or, or email or text or Zoom or whatever video conference platform you're using. Find out what's the best way for me to get in touch with you. What's the best way for me to contact you and to have different kinds of communication with you? Because, you know, it's not 
just what's most convenient for me, the manager. It's about what works best and is going to provide the best communication for the people I work with. Sure. Communication to, to me is, I sum it up by saying that we're trying to make meaning. So, you know, it's, it's not so much the emoting. I, I need to make meaning if I'm a, if I'm a leader of, of, of any ilk. And, and I, I liken it to the, the job of an air traffic controller for a bunch of pilots who maybe for a while they're, they're flying on instruments in, in sketchy weather. But they're all in, in different places. And, and you've got to give them very clear information at precisely the right time. Make sure it's understood. You've got to trust your radar, their instruments, their ability, and have a plan B ready to go if, no, actually, when something hits the fan. And because it, if the stuff gets bumpy, they're going to want to change altitude or routing or have you read back their, their last command. That holds true for us, too, because in, in so many cases, particularly today, and to I think to a pretty high degree, that's it's going to continue. Our folks are going to be in, in, in different places, different time zones, and have different degrees of connectedness, maybe different languages uh, that they communicate in. And we're going to have to make sure that, that we're making meaning. And we don't have all day to, to do it, but it's, it takes a, a pretty constant effort. And frankly, it's something that a lot of us are, are not, especially, I include myself, not especially well-skilled at. Yeah. Again, an opportunity and a challenge. So <laughs> I think, you know, certainly the, the more, if, if you are in a role where you are supposed to be managing or supporting or leading somebody else, hopefully this is been top of mind or at least on your mind for as long as you've been doing it but hopefully if 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 you're not this is an opportunity to really step up and uh and 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 start doing that and if you don't well then the people that you are supposed to be leading may find an opportunity somewhere else so well gentlemen savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them this bill, I, I've got one that I'll, I'll toss out. It's it's something I, I do try to live by and suggest pretty strongly to to our clients that they do as well. And then it's before we can even think about leading, guiding, directing uh, a group of others, we have absolutely positively got to have ourselves squared away first. Um, and, and, and that starts with just having a... Uh, a sense of, of direction. Where are we trying to go? What do I stand for? I've got to make sure that I'm doing the, the kind of things that are going to keep my, my body in the shape that it needs to be. Do things that will enable me to, to have the finances, uh, to, I think that the point of your work, George, to support the, the stuff that I'm, that I'm trying to get done. And one of the, the important things that, that I found along the way, and this, it's, it's easier to say than it is to do, but Surround yourself with people who, who care enough about you to tell you the truth, to push you, you know, to, to take a few minutes out every now and then and, and ring you up in, in whatever fashion works for, for you and them and say, okay, how's it going? And, and they really do want to hear the answer. And they're going to call you on it if it doesn't sound right. I've got a, a good friend who I count in, in that arena and it's kind of like my, my board of directors that it wasn't that long ago he called me up I well, recall distinctly on a Thursday afternoon he says I got a question for you I said what's that he said how many sales calls have you made this week and I, I said well none he says don't you think you should 
so I, I want people like that around me who clearly have my best interests at, at heart. And, you know, I try to, to return the favor to that's something that we all can do. And I think should be doing particularly in times like today. And maybe one of the best ways of, of, of doing that is to start by being that person for somebody else that you care about. Wick, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Gentlemen, thank you both for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? They can come to our we website be- at contentedcows.com. Contentedcows, that's C-O-N-T-E-N-T-E-D-C-O-W-S.com. There's a lot of information there about uh, about how you can help lead your, your workforce, uh, employee engagement, and some of the services that we provide. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Richard and Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to contentedcows.com. Check out all the great resources that they have on the page. Thank you again, Richard and Bill. Hey, thank, thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>